Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. beautiful people. It is another day for 
Prison Focus Radio, and I am your host, Nube Brown, here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. Turns out we are in a fall drive. I didn't realize that, so please give generously. There's, uh, We don't need to fluff this up, people. In order for this station to stay on the air, you must um, bring it in your hearts to want to invest in this station. We are so grateful to be able to have this hour, this pure hour of prison-related issues. You know, KPOO is one of those enduring legacies, basically, um, where, uh, you know, we give voice to uh, the voices that we, we will never hear on mainstream media. And here on KPOO, and especially here on Prison Focus Radio, we are going to be, we hear from prisoners, we hear about prisoner issues, we hear about the prisoner human rights movement uh, in a way that you are not going to be able to hear elsewhere. So please give generously, and you can go online at kpoo.com. There are various ways to make your donation through credit card, PayPal, and you can also do it ah, the non-electronic way by sending in a check uh, by uh, going to KPOO or sending your check, sorry. Make your check payable, first of all, to KPOO, all capital letters, and then send it to KPOO, P.O. Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115-6650. All right, yes, let's keep the beautiful KPOO San Francisco 89.5 on the air. And listen, all of us, all of us DJs um, are, are volunteers. So all of your money is going to go to the cost of maintaining the transmitter, the live feeds, the broadcast equipment, and of course, the day-to-day running of the station. All right, we are, it is um, <clears throat> October 21st, it is Thursday, it is the day before the International Tribunal 2021, October 20th, we charge genocide happening Starting tomorrow, October 22nd through the 25th, go to spiritofmandela.com, sorry, spiritofmandela.org and register or just sign on to the live feed. To register, go to tinyurl.com slash spiritofmandela. If you go to spirit, I mean, sorry, if you go to spiritofmandela.org, you can also endorse there. It's never too late to endorse. All right. Now, to get right on to the live stream so you can hear the international jurists, go to www.tribunal2021.com. These are easy, um, these are easy links. Okay. With that in mind, this is going to be our last um, show uh, before the tribunal, obviously, but we will be continuing after as well. Today, we are going to be hearing from uh, some more of our young revolutionaries and activists who are a part of this campaign of We Charge Genocide. I will be reading a statement from Jihad Abdul Mumit, um, also on the 
uh, campaign for the International Tribunal 2021, and also some various other voices. All right, so let's get started. We are going to be hearing uh, about the International Tribunal 2021, We Charge Genocide. All right, we are going to continue and finish out with the webinar number four of the um, <clears throat> In the Spirit of Mandela Tribunal Coalition. Again, you can find these uh, webinars by going to spiritofmandela.org, but you will actually need to find, they actually are on YouTube, but go to the website spiritofmandela.org. You can see which webinar you'd be looking for and then go to YouTube and press that in. Just start with Spirit of Mandela. And in this case, it's webinar four. It is fulfilling our mission, Youth Against Genocide. And we heard from a, um, a couple of our uh, revolutionaries, our young revolutionaries, last week. And this week, we are going to hear from Melissa Charles of the Agape Movement, Kevin Steele of the Bring Mumia Home Root and Branch Collective, and also Imani Miles, Free em All, NJ, meaning New Jersey. And so what you're going to hear is our host or the host, Emok, um, ask the question and we will be asking a question and we will be hearing from Melissa Charles, also uh, referred to as Mel. Here we go. Mel, um, Fernand said that each generation must must add a relative obscurity, discover its own mission, fulfill it or betray it. How do you relate to this quote? And what does it demand of us today? Um, so when I think about this quote, I think about what I was talking about a little bit before, like what is our ancestral duty? Um, and the reason why this really resonates with me is because I grew up learning about my ancestors. Um, so I grew up in a Haitian household, a Cuban household, and we learn about right the revel- the, the rebellions right on on the island of Haiti. We learn about folks, black folks, Africans who came together in guerrilla warfare ways, in strategic ways, hell is strategic ways, right? In in ways that were very non-conventional um, to fight for their freedom. Um, and then what we don't learn, right, or what we don't learn as much about is, is the ways in which imperialist powers like, like America, like Turtle, um, sorry, not, like America, um, come in and really start to disrupt that progress. Um, and so, and, and so when I think about this quote, what comes back to me, and I'm going to speak from an educator's perspective and from the work that I do with the Agape movement is what does it look like to love the people every day and every decision that is made, um, in pursuit of self-determination, right? In pursuit of what our ancestors have been fighting for from the minute Europeans set foot on the continent and was like, yo, we like the shit, let's take it. Um, so what does it mean to really come back to, to us, um, with, you know, the advancements and the contributions of our fellow Africans of today, right? With the understanding that we will always be evolving. Um, and so one thing that I, one practice that I'm really trying to come back to is what does it look like to actually live an anti-capitalist and anti-imperialist life? Um, and for me, that comes down to the practice of love and the two things that have never let me down. 
I'll be stressing out. I like, I'm sure everyone has had a rough couple of years in a lot of different ways. And um, the two things that have never failed me have been my community and my ancestors. Um, doesn't matter like today, I'll stress them the fuck out. I'm not gonna lie, being on this panel and understanding like the magnitude of what it means to be able to be in this space. And I was just like, ancestors, we gonna hang out today. I hung out with my ancestors all day. And when I wasn't hanging out with them, I was connecting with my comrades and I was like, y'all, I'm stressing out, like help, help ground me. Um, and that just comes back to, right, I think the capitalist, the capitalist response in that moment and something that my brain really wanted to do was you got to read these books, you got to get on Google, you got to make sure like you got your together, like you got to make sure you have your I's dotted, T's crossed, all that. You got to be on your P's and Q's. Um, but I don't think that's that's how I live my politic. It's not it's not to be capitalistic. It's to return to my ancestors who lived socialist lives, who lived communist lives, right? Who lived in this idea of community and in this idea of of really pouring forth your gifts, right? Families were known for things. Families were known for woodworking, or families were known for being the farmers of the land, right? And everything was community. Um, and so I had the opportunity to be back with. My family this weekend under unfortunate circumstances, um, but I just sat and I just took in a lot um, from my ancestors and from my elders and, and learned about myself, right? I like, I'm hella into guitar, piano, I love music. Um, it's not necessarily something that I pursue, but I love it. And I was talking with my uncle and this man is obsessed with music. He had like a whole studio set up in his house, right? And I, I learned and gained so much from that experience. Um, and a lot of healing happened in my family this weekend. Um, in ways that I know are um, in service of the revolution, right? Um, I think there might be like a family member of mine on this phone call right now who would not have been on it, right, last last week. Um, there are new connections that were built. There is trauma that is healing, generational trauma, and there's also an understanding of like, oh, these are my ancestors and these are what, are what people have done. And these are how folks have used their gifts to be revolutionaries, right? Despite the fact that a lot of our elders, a lot of my elders, right, have clashing views with, and then I see sparks of revolutionaries in them. And I'm like, oh, damn, you was really out here, like, during the Vietnam War in Haiti doing these things? You a revolutionary. You don't act like it all the time, and you need more political education, right, to get you there. And so it's my role as your as your family, right, to, to love on you and to recognize those those pieces of you and to help draw them out. Um, and so that's what I see my role is. And then it's like, what are you good at? And this is what I do with my students. It's like, what are you good at? Tell me what you're good at, what you like to do. You like to sing, you like to rap, you like to dance, you like to watch anime, you like to read, like you like to skip, you like to box, whatever you like to do, great, do that. And then I'm gonna give you the, the, the foundation of, of Pan-Africanism, scientific socialism, right? I'm gonna give you those, those terms and that knowledge so that you can then, you know, if you a boxer, shit, you about to join the vanguard when when we're ready, right? If you are a cook, like cooks are needed, right? All everything is valuable. Everything is is a part of of the revolution. And I think that like a lot of people get really caught up in like, oh, Malcolm did all this, Assad did all this. Like if you actually read their works, they're just like normal ass people. Sorry, I'm trying to. <laughs> they're just normal people who are just trying to like live lives of freedom. Um, recently read Revolutionary Suicide for the first time, and Huey P. Newton was just trying to be laid up and reading 24-7. And when I say goals, like, same, bruh. And then, you know, to get that, right, to get his liberated future, he had a bunch of work to do. 
And so he was like, great. So I'm going to commit to doing this work so that one day I could be laid up and reading 24 seven. And if I'm not, then like my future will. Right. Um, and then forever grateful to Jaleel and having taken his class. Right. And, and having, bruh, he believes in us like that. That's all I need is to know that like the legacy is it like the youth are, are the, the carriers of this legacy. And like, the folks who came before us, they believe in us. They just need us to like get our shit together and get on the same page and stop arguing on Twitter about random. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what that's what needs to happen, and that's why this resonates with me so much. Appreciate that. Love that. Thank you for sharing some history on your family and like your experience back home and your relationships with your family. Appreciate it, Abbas. Yeah. Already. So we're going to head back into the panel. Just appreciate y'all in this moment right now. So so we're going to head back into the panel. Just appreciate y'all in this moment right now. So the third and final question, and we've touched on it a little bit, um, but feel free to just touch on it some more. Why is it important for you to carry on the fight to free political prisoners? And can you provide some advice to youth who are interested in joining this fight and the overall fight to free all oppressed people and for self-determination? You know, give some advice, what's their first step? or how they could get involved with the work that you do. Appreciate you. Next we have Kevin. Yeah, um, can y'all still see me? We can't see you, but we can hear you. Okay. Now we can see you. Yeah, I was on the reason the first time. But um, yeah, so um, that question I've been um, grappling with for some years now, and it's really more so that why are there people that believe that we shouldn't help political prisoners. And then that, that question always leads to me leads me to like, do people know that we have political prisoners in America? And that's always like the youth, I'm speaking on directly, right? The youth, and it's always, I come up with no, right? People, a lot of people don't know we have political prisoners. So it's hard to fight for political prisoners. But, and that that's, that's, the, um, that's our problem, right? Because it's a, there's this factuation with celebrities, right? And it, I, I might go left as well, so bear with me, right? There's this factuation with celebrities and their reform, like activism work. And we're told that these are our leaders. And I remember Brother Malcolm once said that, right? These, these are these are these are entertainers, right? We speak about they they graduate, which um, I love him as well, but. These entertainers, and we have to let them entertain. And then there's people that's out there really on the ground, running work, like Brother Jalil and Brother Mumia. And a lot of these brothers and sisters that's really organizing and focused on community based where that gets unnoticed because the camera's not really being shown. The the mainstream rappers is not really rapping about it. And that's a problem. And I find myself every day trying to figure out how do I do this political work and still be connected to the, the core of the streets, right? And not, like, not um, alienate myself so, so far where 
I'm not looked at as one of them, as one of the people that come from the community, as someone that can help. And I think that's something that we all should um, really strive on and on towards is how we could stay connected to the community as well as help within the fight of this political arena. And the real um, the real question is, why don't we understand who our enemy is? And Brother um, Chairman Fred Hemdon said, capitalism is the root of evil and it's in the birth racism. And I, and I like align with that ideology as well. And until we understand that capitalism is the reason why we go through a lot of the shit that we're going through right inside these communities, and why it's hard, right? It's this will, right? Um, Mel mentioned the, um, the the system, and it's this will that continues to spin, right? And it's crushing us, as at the same time as it's spinning capitalism, imperialism as well, right? And once we figure out how to break that and get that under control, I feel like the socialism structure that we all that we all strive for will arrive easily. And the, um, can you get the um, second part for me? What was the other question? Um, was, can you provide like some advice to you yeah, um, for joining? Yeah, definitely. So, I think all the youth should learn about capitalism. That is something that needs to be taught more. It needs to be taught more inside the school system, the public school system as well. I taught, um, I taught photography, and within the photography, I would show Black August film, I would try to show films that really relate to what's going on in the news and what's going on and how they can help and how young these people, these brothers and sisters were. And we're in that footsteps, right? The reason why we help the prisons, like to go back to that, is just we young, right? We got the spirit. We, we, we can't sit on our asses. We, we, we have the energy to get out there and do it. They did their, they did their time. They did their, their work, right? They... When, they, when it's time for them to meet the ancestors, the ancestors look at them and say, you did, you did good. You you, um, you continue your mission. And that's up to us as well. We're in their footsteps. We're in their um, shoes where they was once in the 60s, 70s, and so forth. And we just have to keep going. And my advice is to really know the community. I feel like as a community activist and organizer, and your community don't know that you're doing these things, that's a... That's like a misstep. I feel like we really have to be hands-on with what's, hap- what's happening in the community and let the people know your face and let the people hear what you got to say. And this is how you get familiar with them and and more comfortable, basically. And then they'll lean to more of what you're saying because they know you relate. You're not just a guy in a suit and tie from the Fortune Society. It's something that's coming here and there just to talk. Like you're someone that's really active and really doing it for the people. And you really have to just live for the people. Which is hard, right? It's something easily said, right? We all say this, which is really hard because there's the um, Dr. Joy, um, Dr. Joy Levy once um, pointed the phrase, post matter slave syndrome. And I feel we really do suffer from that. And this is where the capitalist mindset help um, interferes in because we want this idea of this American dream, right? We want this American dream, which is um, the capitalism thing. And the post-traumatic slave syndrome was really, like, really on themes from that. So I feel like once we get out of all that, we'll be good. But really know your community. Um, that's my advice to the youth. Really know your community and study as much as possible. Read, read these um, Black Panther members. Read, read Slick, with Kwame Ture and what they was doing over there. Kwame Ture is one of the best political figures in my mind. Read his words, study what he's saying. 
and get out there, they wasn't doing charity. They wasn't doing no charity work. They was out there with the people, really putting work. And that's that's power in my mind. That's power really hands on with the people. And that's really it. Just get out there, don't be shy. Mumia once said that to us when he was on the phone. You can't be a an organizer and be shy. You can't be a political activist and shy. So that's really my whole thing. Thank you, Kevin. Ramani, you want to close us out with this question? All right, that was Kevin Steele, um, and he is part of uh, Bring Mumia Home as well as Root and Branch Collective. He didn't give um, a, a way to get in touch with him specifically, but again, Kevin Steele of Bring Mumia Home and Root and Branch Collective. And now we're going to hear from Imani Miles of Freemall, New Jersey. Yes. Um, so I guess um, the first part, uh, why it's important for the youth to carry on the fight to free political prisoners. Um, I think that there is no liberation until our elders are free. Um, for First and foremost, um, no elders belong in prison, especially not during COVID. Like, that should never, ever have been a thing. Um, and, and, you know, we just have a responsibility, a moral obligation, a political obligation, a spiritual obligation to, to free them all. Um, and also just like we have so much to learn from political prisoners. Um, we need them. Like, we need them to help us um, to, to be free, to be liberated. And um, uh, I think it was Asada, she said, um, if we ignore their struggle as political prisoners, like we're ignoring our own struggle. Um, so that's just what I wanted to lift up on the first question. I think everybody, y'all all, I learned so much just now from hearing y'all. So I don't have that much to add in terms of like advice to the youth. Just um, wanted to like lift up the relationship that you should have with elders. Like I got brought into this work from the elders. Like I literally would not be on the panel if it wasn't for them. Um, this is how, like, I just learned through that, um, that teaching and that mentorship, and I'm forever grateful for that. So if you ever have the opportunity to, like, learn from them, like, please, like, learn from them and just, like, let them pour into you. And they, they also learn from us. Um, and then also just, like, now, um, like, outside of school, just, like, trying to figure out where to begin with the political education, I think it's something that could be really overwhelming because, like, there's so much to learn. And I'm always like, I'm a planner. So I'm like, well, where should I start? Like, what's the best place to start? Then I realize, like, I don't think there is a best place to start. I just think everybody just has a different way of doing it. And, like, I think that ties back into, like, making the relationship with elders. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, like, really sick right now. So if I sound crazy, that's why. Um, so I think that, like, with the elders, like, they kind of direct, they direct you to, like, a reading list or, like, I don't know, somehow they just give you the resources you need. So, like, that's what I found, like, just kind of picking up a book. And um, if I can't pick up a book that day and I'm overwhelmed as a law student, I listen to a lecture in the shower. Like, I listen to a Kwame Ture speech in the shower. Like, I do what I can because I realize that, like, we all have a lot of things going on. Like, we all trying to survive the system and survive capitalism. So, like, you do what you can to make sure you get to where you need to be. Um, not every day is going to be, like, you're not going to be able to study three hours every single day. But like, if you can dedicate some time in your day to this work, I think that's what is the best thing um, for where you are. Because my mother, she works all day. Like, 
for me to ask her to like read a book every single day is like a lot for her. So whatever we, whatever I could do to help her in that process with people like her, because really that's the conditions we live in. So I think just like keeping your mind open and be like gracious with yourself is also important. And I think also like when I came into this, I was like angry. Like I was like so angry. Everybody was getting me annoyed. Like if people weren't like willing to hear like about colonialism, like if they weren't willing to hear about like the work that I was like trying to push forward, I would just get angry with people. And that was just because like, I was just like going through decolonization. I still am and like, just from like kind of have to remember to do things in love. And like, that's something that nobody really told me. Like at the heart of this should be like, you want to value the people that you're with. Cause like, you're supposed to be creating a new world and you can't create that new world if you don't respect the people that you're working for. Like it's about the people. So like, I didn't realize that until like, it would kind of like, you just gotta make mistakes and I made mistakes and that's, just me like learning from the mistakes and stuff like that. So yeah, that's it. Appreciate y'all so much. Um, so much was talked on tonight, but you know, appreciate y'all so much. Um, so much was talked on tonight, but you know, what has been brought up the most is political education, right? I heard read, 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 organize, organize, organize. Take the time to understand capitalism. Take the time to understand imperialism. Take the, understand, the time to understand your true history, the reality, the conditions that we live in today. Take the time to understand and study the enemy, right? So really appreciate y'all. The youth, our beautiful youth. Let's make sure that inspiration is a two-way street, a really a beautiful, empowering exchange of energy. And uh, let's make sure also that we are supporting and protecting our youth because we really don't want to find um, the the idea of our youth uh, being imprisoned because of this beautiful, revolutionary, empowering work that they are doing. So let's pay attention. Let's get on board. And again, we are talking about the International Tribunal 2021, We Charge Genocide. We are going to take a quick musical break with Kafra J of uh, Hip Hop for Change with Black Y'all. Yo, it's your boy Kafra J from Hip Hop for Change. Got my man D. Liz in the back, Joel on the camera from Naples World. Red is for the green, is for the black, is for the people From the land of milk and honey, is for choking snacks for me So like the black skin of Garvey, party to this green earth This blood stained red with a history of building things first The king's turf, birth of fertility, huh, our prosperity That green band showing us never knowing no scarcity Caring with charity, we took them out the dark age with black thought And I make the stage ring with that talk Cause the red band's from the blood on the land From the dead hands of a hundred million sons of ham Y'all thought we was damn just to find a plan to kill a land and smite us I'm like, cuz, black people unite This guy gets blood red to start a revolution tonight Let's make that green blood when he glow red When it's sunny shine light on the country I don't think you get it, tell me I'm black, y'all And I'm black, y'all And I'm black and I'm black and I'm black, y'all And I'm black, y'all Red is for the blood, green is for the earth Had a right of flow to tell this country my worth I'm black, y'all And I'm black, y'all And I'm black and I'm black 
check niggas Get up your steps, nigga We're time to hear black brothers And lift up the black women Who turn into black mothers Cause they're black It's for my people's unification Equal to none That dirt that we all sprang from Color up original men The pigment of the infinite Don't know your history's prediction Of your ignorance Indicative of Philly's lynch It'll be a sin You powerful man flinch Your mother was made a witch They said they pointed an inch Took the whole damn bench Now you forgot that red blood Pumps in your fist And your black back Still holds the world up Gold in the elements, peace in the reverence, people. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black and black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all. Red is for the blood, green's for the earth. Had to write a brother tell these cops my worth. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black and black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all. Red is for the blood, green's for the earth. Had to write a brother tell these pigs my worth. The green band is what they envy. You would tempt me to empty another man's land if I turn mine to mince me. So red blood had to be spilled out for the green greed A thousand kings had to die for the fiend's need But fiends seemed to find the light in the nonsense So black backs crack, but black will never lose his conscience It's real, that still will that fill the pyramids When lyric world remembers the black spirit and here it is Fuck this, who needs a freaking Oscar? We built the field of dreams, who the hell is Kevin Costner? We should have Columbus the gun and killed Columbus day one To end it then, built a wall around him and to limit the immigration But that's past history, let's raise up the black fist for the nation's Physically, drilling the field team for the black Africans realty. I don't care if you like it, cause my people are feeling me black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, and I'm black, and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. Red is for the blood, green for the earth. Had to write a phone and tell my brother it's worth. I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, and I'm black, and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. Red is for the blood, green for the earth. Had to write a phone and tell my sister her worth. All right, if you are just joining us, this is Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, here on KPOO San Francisco. And we are in a fun uh, drive, so please make your donations by going to kpoo.com. And you can find out how you can make your donation either by using some of uh, online or by mailing it in. Mailing in your donation, that is. All right, we are going to continue with our coverage and focus on the International Tribunal 2021, We Charge Genocide. And I'm going to read a statement from uh, the chair of the National Jericho Movement, Jihad Abdul Mumit. And the National Jericho Movement is also a part of the In the Spirit of Mandela Coalition, which is, in fact, putting on and organizing this International Tribunal 2021 We Charge Genocide. Here we go. The Tribunal, Active, Organized Resistance and Empowerment. The October 2021 International Tribunal stands as a powerful and viable tool in the people's movement to challenge and eradicate the historical and continued genocidal structures and practices established and perpetrated by the United States government and its states. The history of racism, exploitation, and oppression of black and brown and indigenous people in the United States is undisputed. What needs to be understood is that this history is rooted in America's colonizing of African slaves and indigenous people 
and that genocide, in whole or in part, was and continues to be a necessary and functional mechanism of colonialism. Colonialism, as universally understood, is the act of acquiring full or partial political control over another country or people, occupying it with settlers and exploiting it economically. It is the act of one nation subjugating another, conquering its population, exploiting it, and forcing its own language and cultural values upon the colonized. This is exactly what the white settlers imposed upon indigenous people already living in America and the African slaves who were a people with their own religion, culture, and language. American settlers from Europe, many who were tramps, vagabonds, criminals, and outcasts, discovered a land already inhabited by indigenous nations and then imported captured Africans, forcing them into slavery. The often bragged about rough and rugged start of a building of a nation in North America began in earnest. As this budding nation grew, it continued to enslave more and more Africans, torturing and slaughtering thousands in the process. The control methods included rampant killing of members of, quote, the group, causing serious bodily and mental harm, deliberately inflicting conditions of life calculated to bring about their physical destruction, imposing measures intended to prevent births, and forcibly separating and transferring children from their parents and families. Hence, all the elements of the crime of genocide were committed. The 2020 International Tribunal creates a space where we prove the already proven facts of racial violence, exploitation, and oppression. It is a space where we invoke international scrutiny, where we declare enormous documented human rights violations committed by the United States to the world, and where we prop up a mirror for the centuries-old finger of white supremacist leadership, institutions, culture, and immoral values to point back to itself in its accusations and criticisms of other countries' treatment of its citizens. It is the intention of the 2021 International Tribunal to expose the practice of genocide committed against black, brown, and indigenous people and demand that the United States government and its states reckon with the legal and political consequences of its genocidal actions. The tribunal will smash the social and political narrative that such injustices no longer exist and that everything is better now for everyone. The tribunal will bring to light the old saying that the more things change, the more they remain the same and that the rich have gotten richer and fewer, and that the ranks of the poor and working-class people have grown and become disproportionately poorer. The tribunal will prove the fact that capitalism, fueled by greed, corruption, and racism, is destroying the environment. It will show that the lives of black, brown, and indigenous people do not matter in the face of profits and the unbridled acquisition of wealth, that the legacy the slavery lingers and haunts the descendants of slaves in every aspect of their lives. Mental health, chronic trauma, dysfunctional families, substance abuse, relentless poverty, marginalization, mass incarcerations, racial profiling, despair, ignorance, fratricide, self-hatred, health disparities, food apartheid, decadent and degradating lifestyles, and the creation of a culture that is calculated to maintain this reality and to ensure the continued existence of the powers that be. The tribunal will facilitate the legal and political presentation of accurate information to build a people's human rights movement with the eyes of the world watching. 
It will prove to the international community and to the American citizens themselves how real democracy is or isn't. The 2021 International Tribunal builds upon the shoulders and wonderful work of past tribunals, including the 1990 Special International Tribunal on the Violation of Human Rights of Political Prisoners and Prisoners of War in the United States Prisons and Jails. Similarly, it is not only an educational political event, but also a people's judicial proceeding, which will establish a strong foundation to launch international solidarity campaigns, civil and legal proceedings in U.S. federal and state courts, and potential congressional legislation. The international community, including the United Nations, has been historically ineffective and non-responsive to the issues of oppression, racism, and the exploitation of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people in the United States. In the context of the 1951 We Charge Genocide documentation and the organization of Afro-American Unities attempts to bring these issues before the world arena and subsequent efforts, the 2021 International Tribunal plans to go beyond basic presentation of the findings and verdict to the UN. Those, these results will be presented to the UN at the close of the tribunal on October 25th. The coalition has a unique set of outcomes which provide an opportunity for organizing on a mass level across many social justice arenas. We are our own liberators. This empowering statement by Jalil Muntakim, recently released Black Panther political prisoner, co-founder of the National Jericho Movement and tribunal organizer, clarifies in a word what we the people must do. The spirit of Mandela Coalition strongly agrees with this sentiment and plans to build the tribunal as a powerful and effective organizing tool to mobilize people from all walks of life. The charges are expansive, yet focused enough to embrace and address much of the oppressed oppression experienced by Black, Brown, Indigenous, poor, and working class people throughout history to today. The 2021 International Tribunal not only vets the facts and proclaims a demand for justice, it is also a plan of action, which leaves us with dare to struggle, dare to win. Jihad Abdul Mumit. Thank you, Brother Jihad. So in the spirit of the tribunal being used as a powerful and effective organizing tool to mobilize people from all walks of life, I also want to stress why I spent the last two radio shows uh, presenting the, um, the ideas and the work of, and the voices of the young people in this movement as we move forward. Um, I want to read an article that was uh, written in the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper by Abbas Muntakim, who is the cousin of Jalil Muntakim, the author of We Are Our Own Liberators, which you heard in, um, spoken of in the last segment, and, um, and the book that, like I said, the author of We Are Our Own Liberators, and also one of the key co-organizers of this International Tribunal 2021. So um, the youth in this uh, movement are incredibly important, and it's important that we are not only listening to them, we are really um, in 
a strong, empowering engagement with them and making sure that we are doing our part as the elders and the mentors uh, to be on point uh, with them. So, uh, because they are going to be carrying this torch forward and we got to make sure that we are strong with them. Uh, and uh, there's a level of protection as well because, again, we do not want to find them um, languishing in prisons for decades on end for their service to the community um, and to the world in the end. All right, so this is by Abbas Muntakim. The name of the article is In the Spirit of Mandela Tribunal is a Stepping Stone Toward New African Independence. On October 22, 2021, a historical tribunal will take place, as in the spirit of Mandela Coalition, will be charging genocide against the so-called United States on six different accounts. These accounts are, one, racist police killings of black, brown, and indigenous people. Two, hyper-incarceration of black, brown, and indigenous people. Three, political incarceration of civil rights and national liberation era revolutionaries and activists, as well as present-day activists. Four, environmental racism and its impact on black, brown, and indigenous people. Five, public health racism and disparities and their impact on black, brown, and indigenous people. And six, genocide of black, brown, and indigenous people as a result of the historic and systemic charges of all of the above. As New Africans, we know that all of these charges, when applied to the United Nations definition of genocide, are scientifically true. In the present convention, genocide means any of the following acts committed with, quote, intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethnical, racial, or religious group, unquote. Uh, A, killing members of the group. B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group. Three, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction, whole or in part. Sorry, back to the letters. D, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. E, forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. African people have been murdered on this land since Europeans forcibly stole us from our ancestral homeland. This has occurred through lynchings, murder on the plantation, police killings, and white supremacist vigilante killings in the case of Emmett Till, Trayvon Martin, and the many names that we don't know. We also know that this racial terrorism has created created PTSD symptoms in our community. More black men are under correctional control than were enslaved. Black women are the most rapidly growing prison population. Even though black women are the most educated group in the United States, if if you remove black men and black women from society and force them into concentration camps, this affects births in the new African nation. This is largely why our population hasn't grown much in in the past 20 years. We would have more... We would have more power on this land if we had more people. In addition, our new African youth have been forced into foster care due to racist child protective services and the hyper-incarceration of Africans. We also know that black, brown, and indigenous women have been forcibly sterilized by this terrorist nation. There are many more examples that can be given, but it must be ever clear, the new African condition in America with three Ks is nothing short of genocide. As New Africans, we believe that the Republic of New Africa will bring about true independence for our people. We understand that this historical tribunal, which follows in the spirit of Paul Robeson and William Patterson's We Charge Genocide, has evolved and is occurring and is occurring as another historic epoch in the fight for new African independence. 
Thus, we fully understand the importance of bringing these charges directly to the United Nations. This has the potential to be a stepping stone and lay the foundation for our people to revolt for the formation of the new African nation. This tribunal is important because it not only creates the conditions for the U.S. to be held accountable for its settler colonial imperial crimes on an international level, but it simultaneously establishes new African relations with the United Nations. If we want nationhood, it is necessary, is necessary we develop relations at the UN level, as it will allow us to begin to build with other states, which is one of the four components that makes a nation. Secondly, if the United Nations agrees with our argument that the new Africans that new Africans have been held under genocidal conditions by the United States, it lays the international conditions for us to argue for self-government for national independence. This shows that there's a genocidal war on our national nationality which is new African. And according to Article 15 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, quote, everyone has a right to a nationality, unquote. Our right to a nationality is being deprived by the so-called United States, which again violates UN law. Once genocide is found, it also develops the international conditions for us to be able to militantly defend ourselves from the genocide. Through making the international community aware of our genocide, we can now lobby for support from nations allied to the cause of black and new African independence in this illegal settler colonial settler colony called America with three Ks. It will also convene UN intervention into prosecuting the genocide. It is through this that new Africans will be able, at the international level, to demand reparations from the so-called United States. Those reparations would be in the form of the black belt being given to us plus monetary reparations for the centuries of genocide against our people. This will bring about our free new African nation, where we can govern ourselves and abolish all systems of oppression that have been weaponized against our people for centuries. Lastly, this convention will bring like-minded people throughout the new African communities to come to New York. It will allow us to be in community, take tangible next steps, and help us develop more cadres for the front for the liberation of the new African nation, Frolinan. This will look like cadres throughout the country being developed under the ideological framework of new African independence. Through establishing decolonization programs, it will point out the contradictions of the state, which also while also building autonomous institutions to serve the masses of new African people in the state, in the locale of different new African cadre organizations. This looks like free food programs, free healthcare programs, community political development programs, the development of gardens, etc. It is through this that people will begin to realize that we are our own liberators as we become dependent on ourselves and not the genocidal state. It is through the pro this process of class struggle that we will be able to develop national unity. This above shows us how significant this tribunal is. There are a variety of different outcomes from this tribunal. Regardless of the outcome, we encourage new Africans to build cadre organizations that develop decolonization programs to free the land. It is through building autonomous institutions as a part of class struggle that we will become unified nationally. It is through this in which we will see that we can govern ourselves, which will lead to ultimately fighting for national liberation. All right, and now bringing things even closer to home with um, the men that we are so that are so dear to our hearts, our California historic California hunger strikers, our political prisoners here in California. We were able to submit a document 
um, to be included in the, I think, almost 82-page um, uh, package indictment uh, of We Charge Genocide. Uh, we got some of those voices, and this is the voice of Joka Hashima Jinsai. California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation's Forgotten Political, political Prisoners and Torture Survivors. For over 50 years, in violation of the 8th and 14th Amendments, clearly established U.S. law, see in Remedley, and international law, the California Department of Corrections has presided over a genocidal domestic torture program in its indeterminate security housing units, SHU, against new African political and politicized prisoners in hopes of eradicating the ideology and national identity of politically active new Africans in their custody. Security housing units, shoes, like those in Pelican Bay, Tehachapi, and Corcoran are torture units. They are used to indefinitely house human beings in solitary confinement based on an administrative determination that they are, quote, gang members, with an impetus towards breaking their minds in hopes of eliciting information and coercing them into becoming informants or active agents in the state. This virtually defines the validation, indeterminate shoe, confinement, and debriefing processes which are all interconnected. We were routinely told, quite frankly, at ICC, Institutional Classification Committee hearings, the only way, quote, the only way you'll get out of shoe is if you parole, debrief, or die, unquote. At parole hearings, the line was no different. The panel of law enforcement officials would state, quote, if you want a parole date, you may want to think about debriefing. Unquote. To debrief, one must become an informant, an agent of the state, and decades of torture and withholding of freedom are strong state sanctions to compel someone to make something up or simply parrot what they are told to say to get out of shoe or support a law enforcement agenda. Shoes are, by definition, torture units, and specifically experimental, ultra-supermax isolation units like Pelican Bay Shoes, D-Short, Corridor, and Corcoran Shoes 4B1L, C-section, short corridor, were specifically engineered to warp reality for purposes of breaking men's minds. Yet in the case of new African revolutionary prisoners, there was an even more insidious motivation. The extermination of the new African revolutionary nationalism from the California prison system and society at large. New African revolutionary nationalists, Naran prisoners, were the only group of prisoners consigned to shoe for our ideas, for what we read or what we wrote. We resisted shoe torture, and our struggle to abolish shoe torture units was inextricably linked to the broader struggle to seize cultural hegemony in the U.S. from the ruling class and its tool, the state. This struggle has contributed to progressively changing attitudes in society and prisons. The lines between the socially hostile microcosm of prison and the politically reactionary macrocosm of society were being blurred as progressive activists across the spectrum began to join hands across the walls with progressive and revolutionary prisoners, producing new social relationships, new political perspectives, and moving toward truly revolutionary, i.e. rational, character structures and ideology. The response of the state was to increase the repression against the new African revolutionary prisoner class, Simply saying it, simply saying it, writing the word new African would earn you a disciplinary report and more time added to your prison sentence. 
Again, imprisoned new African revolutionary, nationalist, revolutionary, scientific socialist were the only class of prisoners subject to California's indefinite shoe torture units based solely on their political beliefs and expression. To be sure, the very purpose of the U.S. domestic torture program and the creation of sensory deprivation torture units across U.S. prisons was, quote, to control revolutionary attitudes in the prison system and society at large, unquote. Former Marion Supermax Warden Ralph Aaron. Control in this instance meant eradication of the ideological foundation of a specific racial and national group, the New Africans in America with three Ks. The decades Narn prisoners languished in shoe torture units with many breaking psychologically or abandoning their new African national identity in exchange for escape from the torture unit was indeed a form of genocide waged against the new African nation. As few will dispute that its most advanced ideological and political proponents were some of the same prisoners confined indefinitely in California's shoes. Though we waged a successful struggle to eradicate domestic torture units in California, see Ashker v. Brown, The injury to the new African political prisoner class has not abated. After decades of attempting to wipe us from existence, they simply tossed us out out on the main line as though they have not committed this heinous crime against us. In the torture unit, there were no programs, educational opportunities, vocational training, or rehabilitative efforts at all. These are necessary to make one eligible for parole because our class has, on average, been imprisoned between 30 and 50 years once released from SHU, many of us were also due for parole eligibility hearings before the board. Most of us were denied parole, even after all we've been subjected to, primarily because we did not have the educational, vocational, or rehabilitative program certificate the board requires. To be sure, on May 2019, Comrade Abdul Olubala Shakur, after over 40 years in prison, 32 and a half of those in solitary confinement, went before the board and was denied five years primarily because he had yet to complete the GED program. Had we not been illegally held in a sensory deprivation torture unit for decades on end, we would have long since completed these programs and more. It is our contention that these decades-long violations of our 8th and 14th Amendment rights and rights under international law require equitable restitution for the crimes committed against us in the form of parole dates for the relatively small number of new African political politicized prisoners subject to indeterminate shoe confinement. The criteria qualifying one for release under institutional restitution, viable employment, housing, strong paperwork network, etc., are more than met by each subject in the institutional restitution class. There are fewer than 20 NARN prisoners remaining from this class in prison, all between 45 and 75. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, the recidivism rate for those who have served 20 years or more of continuous confinement is 0.015%, virtually non-existent. Opposition to such a targeted release of such a small number of fully rehabilitated, relatively elderly prisoners would only be further proof of the state's fascist motive force. We charge genocide, and it is our contention that institutional restitution is the remedy for it. Join us in demanding institutional restitution. Joka Hashima Jinsai, 20 plus years in the shoe, still confined, 
in, in All right, Valley beautiful people, State that Prison. is our show. Remember, the tribunal is starting tomorrow, October 22nd through the 25th. Register at tinyurl.com slash spiritofmandela or go straight to the International Jurors website to get um, the live stream link, which is www.tribunal2021.com. Hope to see you there. Get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. All power to the people.